Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Uh, I, I thank you all for being here. I feel like God, uh, by the way, hello to the online community as well. Uh, nice to have all of you. You're home, I'm hopefully in air conditioning this morning because it's getting a little warm. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about what's happening, and uh, I'm excited about this, this service. It's part of a series we're talking about that we've, you know, kind of cheesily entitled Dog Days. And Dog Days are, are those days between when you receive a promise from God. You, you get a revelation. You get, you get some kind of a knowledge. That, hey, God has something for you. It's, it's cool. It's big. It's, it's wonderful. And when you actually see that manifest, and there's always a waiting period. There's always a process. There's always some times when your faith will be tested. There's always times when you think God has forgotten you. There's always some times when, when, when you're just exhausted and weary and, and afraid. And, and yet in those times, we grow if we stay connected to God. Now, we began this series talking about the fact that if you're going to go on a journey with God, you've got to be careful who you bring with you. You know, you bring, you bring some people with you that don't see the vision, they don't have the heart, they don't have the passion, and they drag you down because they're always wanting to go back rather than go forward. And y'all, you, you know some people like that. Some of you have been that person in, in your life, and, and you have to realize that. So we, we began with that. And then we got into the fact that, that no matter who you are, no matter how much you read the Bible, no matter how much you pray, you're going to get tired. You're going to get weary. You're going to, be, you're, going to, you're going to need renewal and refreshing. But that's okay because God created a way and a process for us to experience renewal and refreshing in the midst of the hottest, driest, nastiest drug days of our lives. And it's, it's through repenting of the things that are weakening us. It's, it's resting and realizing that there's a threefold Sabbath, the body, soul, and the spirit, all of which needs to be ministered to. We talked about that last week. And then it's intentionally giving ourselves times and moments and places to be renewed, restored, and refreshed. I shared how this week, uh, by the way, I turned 61 this week on Thursday. Yay, another, another trip around the sun. All right. <laughs> I don't know why we saw it. It's kind of a strange thing to celebrate it. You stayed alive. Congratulations, you know. It's, 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 I have a weird sense of humor. I'm sorry. But, but I'm going to be in Chicago. I'm going up to a leadership conference. And, and it was last year during this week that the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, you know, Reese, I want to make a transition in your ministry during COVID, during the last few years. You have been a, you've been a caregiver or maintainer. You've been maintaining things. And that was the anointing that I had on your life. But I want you to start building things. I want you to go from being a maintainer to a builder. And I'm going to be spending some time this week on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday really, you know, getting in with the Holy Spirit and saying, okay, how am I stewarding that word that God has given to me? We're beginning to see some really wonderful things at Encounter. Some, some really cool things are happening, both in person and online. And Pat and I were talking about, you know, back in the 1980s, how, how it was so easy to do church. You, you basically, anybody alive in the 1980s, you know, it's... Just so you know, there was way more first service alive in the 80s and the seconds. So, so you were younger. But, but if you were a part of the charismatic renewal that was happening, it was fun. Church was fun. It was exciting. And it, it, it was, you know, spontaneous and, and supernatural. And it was just cool. And it, very little effort had, you know, had to be put into things. They just happened. And what's, what the problem is, though, a lot of us spend time looking backwards saying, why can't it be like it was? 
rather than saying, God, what is it you want to do now? And my heart, my passion is to celebrate the past, but to really passionately say, God, how do we go forward? How do we build? How do we grow? How do we impact this community, this nation, this this generation? What is it the Lord wants us to do? And that's part of the reason why I, I, I wanted to really share these whole dog day messages. Because the reality is that if you are passionate to to be a part of a move of God, if you're passionate to be a part of something the Lord is doing, there will come a moment when you will begin to look like our good friend Donald here. Can we get that? Yeah, you're going to look like that. You're going to be tired. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be panting. And you are going to be on the verge of something that I'm calling spiritual dehydration. Spiritual dehydration. In the Bible, the Holy Spirit is compared to four things. He's compared to flames, he's compared to wind, he is is compared to oil, and he is compared to water. And today I want to talk about that that symbology of, of seeing the Holy Spirit's ministry as the ministry of water. And particularly in the context of of the communication that the prophets and, and the apostles had with the people of Israel. If you were a person living in that that era and in those areas between Egypt and Mesopotamia, you understood deserts, okay? You go there now. What's there now? Deserts. Water was literally life. If you had water, you thrived, you prospered, you survived. You take water away and you die. So with that in line in mind, let's, let's take a look at some scriptures. Let's go to the prophet Isaiah in the 44th chapter, and there's four verses there. And it says, but now listen to me, Jacob, my servant, Israel, my chosen one. Did you know that you are chosen by God if you are a Christian? Online community, if God has called you into his family, he wants you there. You are not a Johnny-come-lately. You're not somebody who showed up uninvited. You're not somebody that, oh, man, I mean, did he come? Why did, Who sent him an invitation? If you are part of the family of God, it is intentional on the Lord's part that you be included. So stop questioning that. And, and you are his chosen one. The Lord who made you and helps you says, do not be afraid, O Jacob. My servant, O dear Israel, my chosen one, for I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children, and they will thrive like watered grass, like willows on a riverbank. I read that, and I get excited for me. Because my God wants me to thrive and look like and look like a willow by a riverbank. I, not a lot of willows in Colorado, but where I grew up in Missouri, you would see them, and they were they're these lush, prospering trees that just you know overhang, and they're always around water. But this promise is not just for me. This promise is for my children. I've got three kids. And I want my kids to thrive in the Lord. I want them to prosper in the Lord. I want to transfer whatever blessings I have received from God into that generation so they can take it and do more with it than I ever did. I want to realize that the promise 
of the Spirit is not just something that happened to people in the 1970s and 80s and the 90s. The promise of the the anointing of the Spirit of God is for every generation. And with every generation, it brings that same potential for blessing. Jesus talked about the Spirit as, as, as living water a number of times, but, but specifically I want to highlight a couple of conversations. One is with a Samaritan woman. It's in John chapter 4. You may be familiar with the story. This, Jesus is, is going through an area of, of that you know, promised land where it was inhabited by people who were ethnically diverse. That They were part Jew, part Gentile. And so the, the, the strict Jews rejected them as being you know, unclean. But Jesus is there, and around noontime at a community well, there is a woman that would be considered um, immoral. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. You know, she was that. And she was rejected by the, by the popular culture, so she had to come during the heat of the day. When nobody else was there, and yet somebody was there, Christ was there. And Christ sees her come up, and she realizes he's a Jew because of how he's attired, how, how his beard and his hair are kept. And he asks her to draw him some water. And she looks at him and says, why in the world would you talk to me? I'm a, I'm a Samaritan, and you're a Jew. You, we don't even associate. And he looks at her, and he, and he says one of the most profound things. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Pause there. He just doesn't say, I'm going to give you water, I'm going to give you living water. And it's important that you realize that there is a difference between normal water and living water. And he is equating the spirit to the latter. Living water is water that comes from a moving source. It's the water that the Jewish people would use in their, in their mikvahs. And, and a mikvah is, is a ceremonial cleansing bath. Uh, think of it as a hot tub for Jesus. Uh, okay. But, but, it, but the water can't just be any water. It, it has to come from a source that is, that is active. It's got to be a spring. It's got to be a river. It's got to be in motion. And the water of the mikvah, because it is symbolically moving, symbolically alive, is in Jewish culture, it is endued with the power to bring cleansing and purification to your life. Jesus looks up and says, do you need cleansing and purification? I'm offering you living water. But sir, she responded, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this, is, this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? Besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Better water, better covenant. There's a parallel there. The old covenant said that if you want to get cleansed, then you go through this ritual, and then you've got to keep the law. And if you mess up, you have to make a sacrifice. And if you mess up again, you make another sacrifice. And if you mess up again, make another sacrifice. And and what she is asking without probably even being conscious of it is how can you offer me water that will perpetually cleanse me of my sins? How can you offer me something that that can sustain me in relationship with God no matter what I do? How can you offer me that? 
And he replies, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. We know about that. You mess up, and what do you do next? You mess up. You mess up, what do you do next? You mess up, and you thirst. You say, oh, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me for what I did. I need to be forgiven again. I need to be forgiven again. I need to be forgiven again. But those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them. You want to know where it comes from? From within us, where God puts it, giving them eternal life. What an incredible promise. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. I won't have to come to the place of my own shame and rejection. I'll I'll be invited. I'll be included. I'll 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 be part of something. I'll be whole again. I'll be normal again. She's crying out for this. Do we cry out for this? Because what Jesus is talking about is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We see this in in John chapter 7, just a few short chapters later. And Jesus is preaching, and it says, On the, the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living waters, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. I want you to consider something. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the solution to thirst, the thirst are the desires of people who long for renewal. God, I want to be cleansed. I have fallen again. I've made a mistake again. God, I want to be cleansed. I want to be renewed. God, I'm struggling. I'm in these dog days. God, I know you promised me something, and yet it hasn't shown up yet, and I'm tired, and I'm weary, and I just, I just, I need help. I need the Spirit. God, I know this is what the the Word says is mine as a child of God, and yet I'm not living in that reality. I'm living in a different reality. I don't look like the head and not the tail. I look look like I've been trampled by water buffaloes. (laughs) I'm crying out in my heart, and I'm saying, where is the reality? And the Spirit is the solution to the longing that is within our souls, the longing for love, the longing for cleansing, the longing for acceptance. we see this in the book of Revelation, the book of the end times. And it says there in Revelation 21, 5 through 8, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. 
all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. Inherit, not earn, not qualify themselves for, not, not you know, buy the right winning lottery ticket, which is up to like what? Is it, it's crazy stupid money, isn't it? Please remember to tithe if you win. That's all I ask. That's all I'm asking. Just remember the kingdom of God, if, if by chance you should, it should hit it. But, 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 but he, he says that this is our inheritance, which means it's gifted to us. It's gifted to us. It is gifted to us. It is willed to us. It is ours, and we simply have to receive it because our Father said, I'm making it available to you. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur, and this is the second death. For a moment when I was preparing this message, I thought of leaving that sentence out because it could offend some people. It could make you you know, uncomfortable. That doesn't seem very loving, does it? The problem is John didn't leave it out. Just as much as the inherited blessing is a promise from God and a true and reliable word, so is the reality of our fallen nature apart from the renewing power of the Spirit of God. We are saved from ourself and the judgment that comes from our own sins. And we are moved from a place of judgment to a place of grace. And it's an incredible transformation. And and we are gifted with incredible promises that are ours to, to put our faith in. If we will learn to not grow weary in well doing, we will see the manifestation of those promises. But along the way, we've got to make some choices, and it's on us. We have to choose to do some things. We've got to, we got to make sure we get the right people working with us. We've got to let ourselves experience refreshings and renewal and rest, and we've got to drink of the Spirit of the Lord's living water. We have to stay hydrated. Anybody ever go for a long hike or um, try to climb a 14er without water? That would be stupid, wouldn't it? Because you could end up really sick. In fact, if you come to Colorado, they'll make sure that you understand the symptoms of people who are experiencing dehydration. These are just some of them. I pulled these off the internet. If you're, if you're getting physically dehydrated, you have muscle fatigue. You have reduced cognitive processing. Pat, maybe that's it. We need to drink more water. <laughs> I need to drink more water. <laughs> Dizziness, confused or dazed awareness, thirst, infrequent urination, dry mouth. All of us would, would, would say that when we're feeling those things, particularly when we're exerting ourselves or doing something, you know, you're, you're hot, you're out there, and, and you're saying, oh my gosh, I better make sure I hydrate, I better make sure I do something. My question then is what are the symptoms of spiritual dehydration? What happens when you haven't been drinking of living water? Well, here's something that I feel like came from my heart, but also the word. Feelings of apathy, depression, anger, and anxiety. What are your emotions like? 
What is it you expect? Poor decision-making. Have you ever done something stupid and you knew it was stupid when you were doing it, but you did it anyway? Okay. Welcome to the human condition. That's a direct symptom of a lack of enough Holy Spirit in your life. Confusion. Inability to deal with negative situations in a healthy way. You know, when you're physically dehydrated, you can't pee. When you are spiritually dehydrated, you cannot process the negative stuff that comes into us in a healthy way. You're supposed to, please forgive me, poop it out and leave it by the side of the road. Uh, Okay? Stuff comes into you. People insult you. People offend you. People criticize you. People do whatever to you because people are broken and messed up and they hurt people. You're supposed to be able to process that, to turn the other cheek, to, to, to pray for them, to bless them. But if you are dehydrated of the Spirit, you keep that inside. And you let it become a toxin and just, just fester. And perhaps the, 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 the two most telling of symptoms are impatience and a disinterest in spiritual things. In my life, there have been moments when I knew that I was just really not in a good place with God because I was disinterested in spiritual things. And that should be a red flag. That should be a bong, 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 something is wrong. Because you have have just, you're more concerned with what than you are the kingdom of God. And those are things that, that should be telling us, okay, God, now how do I go forward? Well, if you're physically dehydrated, the solution is simple. Go get you some Gatorade. Go get you some Gatorade. We had these at the, uh, the backpack thing we did yesterday for, with Iron Sharp. They're going to be giving those out this Wednesday morning. If you want to be a part of that, find out how you can volunteer. But uh, it is funny. There was a kid in there. These were all in a big tub. And he goes, I want a, I want a yellow one. You know, he was looking for, do these really taste that much different, or do they just all taste the same? Now, they taste, I don't know. But, but the point of it is you need, to, you need to drink some electrolytes. This will bring you back around if you're dehydrated. But what brings you back around if you're spiritually dehydrated? Well, the scriptures tell us. The first is prayer. Jude 1, 20 and 21. You, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. And in this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love. You need to pray. You need to pray in the Spirit. You need to pray with your understanding. You need to to make prayer an integral part of your relationship with God because it's a part of being rehydrated in the Spirit. But have you ever seen somebody collapse in a marathon, just fall to the ground, and they show them on TV? Because they're they're hyper-dehydrated. They're in an emergency situation. They do not hand them a Gatorade. What do they do? They shove an IV of saline into their veins. They take extraordinary steps because it's an extraordinary condition. Do you know that you can go three days without water, and then what happens? You die. How long can you go without the Spirit until? So what is an extraordinary condition of spiritual dehydration, and how do you solve it? You do things to break out of your routine. You come to things like this Friday's 
you know, prayer time we're having. It's four hours from 6 to 10 o'clock. If, if you go through those symptoms and you say, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, I'm going to encourage you to put an IV bag in your arm by coming to some extended worship and spiritual prayer times. That's why we have those things, not just to, to, to build us up, but, but to keep us built up. But there's some other things that you can do to take care of spiritual dehydration. Ephesians 5, 15 through 20, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. We're surrounded by people who who are making terrible decisions, and yet they think they're doing the right thing because they don't know any better. Don't emulate them. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Pretty straightforward. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be drunk in the Holy Spirit. And the way to do that, he tells us, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, meaning it's in a group setting. Among yourselves, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we gather, part of us rehydrating ourselves is we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to each other and to God. There's a lot of debate if you want to go online on what is meant by psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What I can tell you, and again, I'm not a Greek theologian, is that Paul used those words interchangeably in other places. But what is clear is he's telling them to, to, to copy the model of the Jewish psalms, the psalms that David wrote. And in those psalms, in those sung adorations to God, they had three components at least. One was, was an honoring of the Lord. It was, it, was, it was calling God out and saying, you are great and mighty and majestic and all-powerful. You are a Lord above all lords. And, and I love what Dallas Willard said. To worship is to see God as worthy, to ascribe great worth to him. And that is definitely a component of worship, but but it's more than that. It's also realizing that worship should include a component of celebration or thanksgiving. God, you did this for me. You did this. I didn't do it. You did it for me. You did it for me. And your, your fingerprints are all over it. And yes, I was the recipient of it, and my family were the recipient of it, and our, and our culture was the recipient of it. But God, the source is you, and so you get the thanks, and you get the praise. And so we, we see that it's got to have, have thanksgiving, it's, it's got to have celebration, but it's also got to have theology. I don't know another word for this, but, but it's got to have truth. It's got to have the truth. I love the new song we read because it was full of truth. How do we get saved? Through Jesus. What other name under heaven and earth can we be saved by? None. Are we under judgment or grace? Grace. Who went to the cross, us or him? Him. And so when you have truth and celebration and thanksgiving, along with adoration and and, and, and all of those things working together, we have a worship experience that when we sing it corporately, it it creates an atmosphere where Holy Spirit can come and just pour out living water into our hearts and our minds and our souls. 
And we experience an end to the dehydration that is plaguing us. So where do we go? I'd like to invite our worship team back up. Because I'm, I'm going to take some time here at the end to encourage you to drink of the Spirit of the Lord. To consciously take a few minutes, and we won't be long, to give Holy Spirit an opportunity to minister to you. And I get it. Some people are comfortable with worship. Some are uncomfortable with worship. And some are just kind of whatever. But I'm going to tell you, you need worship just as much as any hiker needs Gatorade. You need worship. You don't have to worship like everybody else does. You don't have to come down front and dance like Clara does, but Clara gets to dance. She does. In this place, you get to dance, my dear, because that's how you worship. But I want to challenge you this day to take some steps if you're uncomfortable towards God. I'd like to ask everyone who's physically able that in the next 10 to 15 minutes as we are worshiping, I'll come back to close the service, that that you remain standing. Again, if you're physically capable, some of our folks aren't. But during that time that you sing along, if you don't know the words, then just look at the big screens. There's one on either side as well as one behind the folks. And those words are there for a reason because we don't all know the songs. Don't worry about the person on your left or right. Can I be honest with you? No one cares how you sing, whether you're on key or off. No one cares. That is just a myth. People don't give a rip what you sound like. They don't. Most of them can't hear you, so don't worry about it. Just sing. Sing the words, because if you'll sing the words in this corporate setting, something will change in your life. And if you're comfortable... I encourage you to close your eyes if you familiarize yourself with the lyrics and then, then maybe take another step. Thank you, Jordan. Take another step and raise your hands. You want to get really kind of lost in yourself? Step out of your pews, your chairs, your rows, and just come on down front and join the pastors and I and others who will be down here and just really soak in God because If we do this corporately, if we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in in congregational worship, the Spirit of God will respond. Pastor Bree. Show me your glory. 
The storm surrounding me Let it break At your name Still Call the sea to still The rage in me to still Every wave At your name Jesus, Jesus You make the darkness tremble Jesus, Jesus Darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Breathe, call these moans to live, call these lungs to sing once again. I will praise Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness tremble.
first service and, and I had a flashback to a time when I was in my mid-20s. I used to be an engineer. And I was in New York City to, to make a proposal to Consolidated Edison. I was staying at a hotel on Times Square. Got upgraded to the executive floor, the 42nd floor. You have to have a special card to get on the elevator. They won't take you to that floor without the card. And I get to the card and I'm walking down the hall and I, I see there's a room that says, you know, executive lounge. And I look in there and there's a buffet that has been set and it's all kinds of wonderful food and they had an open bar and all this stuff. And I, I sat there and I'd go, well, that can't be for me. That can't be for me. I'm just, I'm just Reese Bowling from Joplin, Missouri. I'm just a 20 year old kid who's, you know, I don't even know why I'm making this proposal because they didn't have anybody else. So they sent me and I've been upgraded. I didn't even belong on this floor. I got upgraded to this floor. And the truth of it is, I didn't have anything to do with whether I belonged on that floor. God put me on that floor. I didn't have anything to do with whether or not I deserved to be in that buffet line. Because God said, come and eat, for I have set a table for you in the presence of your enemies. You see the analogy. I believe there's an anointing to break some stuff off people that is present. We have been, we have been hydrating. We have been drinking of the Spirit, but I believe there's a step that God wants us to take. And there's some of you, you've been struggling with feeling insignificant. You've been struggling with feeling unworthy. You've been dealing with just yourself. You're thinking, man, did I just do that again? Why did I do that again? I don't want to do that again. Some of you have, have lost the passion and the zeal. And some of you, you just want more. You just want more. You're, you're, I'm not dealing with anything, Pastor. I just want more. Can I just get more? And if that is you, I believe that if you'll take a step of faith, and if I could use this analogy, if you'll cross through the door and enter into the executive buffet, if you'll step out of your chair and simply step forward, we're going to pray over you, we're going to pray with you, we're going to believe God. So if you just want more of the Spirit, stand up and walk forward, walk forward, walk forward, walk forward. Don't hesitate. Don't think about it. Don't think it's for somebody else. Don't worry who's looking. I don't care who's looking. God has something for you. Go ahead and come on in close. Come on in close. Come on in close, guys. Come on in close. Take a step to your right or your left. Just come on into the center. Make room. Make room. Pat, Lex, come on up if you would, guys. Make room. Come on, guys. Step up. Step forward. Step forward. Step forward. That would put your feet together. Just come forward three feet if you could. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Sometimes you got to kind of, okay, it's good. It's good. All right, let's begin to pray. You out there, raise your hands, begin to intercede. Holy Spirit, we know you're here to anoint, to refresh, to restore. Begin to just fall on people. And if some of our prayer warriors and, and leaders just begin to lay hands on people and pray for them, and let's just go back into wherever we're going. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, just come. Yes, Holy Spirit, just touch people. Touch people. Just touch people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, just come. Come, Holy Spirit.
Spirit, come. And just pour, pour. Just drink of the Spirit. Just visualize yourself just, just taking a ladle and dipping it into an absolutely crystal clear stream and just raising that refreshing water. Let, 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 let yourself drink of it. That living water will begin to just, just come into your heart and soul and mind. The fear is gone. The anxiety is gone. The, the questioning is gone. The insecurity is fading. In the first service, I, I, I saw this image of something over the shoulders of people, and I, I really feel like it was a yoke of just the oppression of the enemy, the lies of the enemy that says you're unworthy, you're, you're, you don't deserve this, you've made too many mistakes, and that God was just melting that yoke of, of just rejection off of you so that you could be free to become who God created you to be. Just let that yoke just melt. Just melt. Just melt in Christ's name. beat of the Father. God wants our heart to beat with His heart, to beat in sync with Him, that, that, that we would know that we are grafted and adopted and ingrained in His family, and we have the heart of the Father. Pastor Patrick. Just keep pressing. In the name of Jesus, if you've never received the some of you here have. You've, you know what it means to be born again. You also know what it means to have that experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the infilling of the Spirit. Maybe some of you don't understand what that is. You've been born again. You know Jesus, but you have desired, hunger, thirsted for the baptism, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. God wants to give that to you right here, right now. Those of you that have that, He wants to give you a, a, a refreshing, an overflow, an overflow. But if you've never experienced that, it is not something we come to him and tell him how to do it. We just receive what he's already done. We don't go to God and demand that he doesn't do it our way. No, God, I don't want to feel like that. No, God, I don't want to speak like that. No, we just go, Father, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. I want what you have, Jesus. I need what you have. I must have what you have for me. God wants to do that for you right now. Every eye closed, every hand. Everybody put your hands up. Everybody with your hands up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is a receiving. This is a receiving time. This is not a time 
shower and drinks are two for one. And uh, we've engaged, sorry. And we've engaged. Here's the deal. We're supposed to be happy. We're supposed to be enthusiastic. We're supposed to be passionate. Yes, we have dog days. Yes, we have weary seasons. Yes, we have dry, dry deserts we've got to traverse. But that doesn't mean we don't have a supply in the midst of the driest season you can imagine. For God sent his spirit to be with us. Be, be in faith this week for yourself. Put on worship and praise. Be here, be here when the service begins next week so that you can engage in worship to the full. You know, take advantage of, of when, when the fountain is on. So as we gather together, be here Friday night for a special time of prayer. Be in prayer for me as I'm going to Chicago this week, but, but just know that you're loved and know that God has good things for you. Never doubt that, never question that because you are his beloved adopted children and he will never, ever, 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 ever leave you or forsake you. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you safe. May he bring fresh revelation to you for every season of your life. May he illuminate the steps that you're to walk in. Christ's name I pray. Amen. Go with God. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.